Hello, Illuminated Souls. I'm Bri Andrioni. And I'm Tina Damore. Welcome to Shamans After Dark. Today, we'll be discussing spiritual bypassing. Mm, good topic. So, it is a good topic. It's probably, you know, a buzzy topic in some ways. And we've talked about the subject a lot. You know, we've both experienced this ourselves and seen others struggle with it. And, you know, we're not looking to alienate everyone. I think this can kind of be a bit of maybe a divisive topic in some ways, too. Yeah. Um, but we know we definitely aren't looking to shame or judge anyone. We just wanted to want to have a conversation around it because it just feels like it, it's something that we see more and more often. Yeah, I agree. And it's just something that we all kind of need to sit with, you know, in our healing process and be mindful of it. You know, having an awareness of this helps us to not fall into that space of wanting to uh, bypass or avoid woundedness that we carry right. and those uncomfortable feelings that kind of come up for us when we're trying to do our our healing you know, working in our own healing journey. And I think, you know, we all get to a point where we think we've healed something, you know, that we've really addressed it. We've done all this it's hard done. work and it's done. And, <laughs> and, and you know, woo. And comes back and sudden, smacks yes, you in the face like a boomerang. <laughs> exactly. You get triggered, something happens. And all of a sudden you're like, I was not as healed around that as right. you, know, you may have thought you were. I've, I've experienced that numerous times. Um, cause healing isn't one and done. It's not set it, forget it. Mm-hmm. It's an evolution. I think there's layers of healing that we get done on something, especially our, our deeper and bigger wounds. There's layers and steps and processes to that. And sometimes we have to kind of go back and readdress because it's still kind of there a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. even though you maybe spent years working on it. Yeah. I mean, I look at healing sort of like a, a circular staircase, you know, you're, you're maybe not as down in the muck as you were once. Uh, But, you know, is it really truly ever gone? And how, you know, okay, there it is again. Okay, but I have better tools now. So, you know, it's, it's sort of that process. Right. You're more able to cope with it. You understand when it's flaring up. Maybe you understand, oh, I've been triggered. And this is kind of bringing up some of that residual stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've had healing. I think you see your progress when you aren't as deeply triggered as you may have been originally, when that wound was still raw and really fresh as you've had time and you've done the work and and really put the time in yet. Like you said, you have the tools, you have ways of noticing and, and handling them when they show up, but we still have to honor that this is something we're still carrying. We still need to make space for it and process it and not just say, oh, I'm going to shove that back in its box and pretend it's not here. Getting back to our topic today, what does spiritual bypassing really even mean? A psychologist in the 1980s named John Wellwood described this phenomena as what he witnessed in a Buddhist community in which he was involved. He defined spiritual bypassing as the tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks. Wellwood added that when a spiritual practice is used to compensate for challenging traits such as low self-esteem, social isolation, or other deep emotional issues, they can corrupt the actual use of spiritual practice. In essence, spiritual bypassing is using spirituality to cover up and or escape problems, as opposed to working with actual ideology of the challenges. You know, and it, it, this is a problem because it's it's not authentic healing if we pretend that the wounds we have aren't there. Right. right? We aren't actually living in the present moment in an embodied way, and it's not serving us, it's not serving anyone else when we don't address it and we don't own our wounds and, and our process for healing that. It's it's part of living an embodied life. It's part of why we are here to have a life experience. And part of that may be to heal our woundedness so that we don't carry it with us right. in our next reincarnation, right? We, if we 
don't heal it, that's a wound that's going to linger. It's going to be a past life trauma that's going to still be there that we haven't addressed and we carry it forward. And spiritual practices, I think, are so deep and they can offer us so much. But you can fall into place of like, oh, I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to stay in a, a separated mindset from what's really happening to me. And I'm kind of going to stay in my my happy, positive place and not look at this because it feels uncomfortable it's, it's or too scary much. or intimidating. Yeah. It's yucky. You know, we can't make we can't make sense of it. It's just it's, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. Whereas the spiritual pathway might feel like it's a little more pretty. You can kind of lose yourself there a little bit and not have to actually really dig into those core underlying, you know, wounds that might be there. Right. Shamanic initiation, for example, is not pretty. And um, it can really kind of shake your whole world up, tear you apart, literally from you know, your helping spirits might do a dismemberment, yeah. but you know, it's, it's not an easy process. And I don't think anybody that's gone through a shamanic initiation said that was, it was a pleasant thing. So, I mean, but you, in order to heal and get past that initiation, you have to really do some deep work and walk on the hot coals. There's no way around it. Well, and initiations are ongoing, especially in the shamanic pathway. Like you, yeah. you've done it. And then you get a little like, breather. There's more. <laughs> Wait, there's more here. You but thought you were done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's it's to help us grow and evolve and become the hollow bone. Exactly. We got to hollow out and get address these things. And if we don't address it, we're certainly going to bring it up again and be like, no way. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all have parts of ourselves that make us uncomfortable. So we might deny them or push them aside. We bury aspects of ourselves into the subconscious rather than resolving and integrating them. These shadow parts of ourselves can take on really dysfunctional roles and behaviors that prevent authentic healing. And that's sort of like, that can cause a lot of harm to ourselves and others around us because we're, we're not as available for what's going on for them if we're sort of in the spirit world and not really in our body. So it's sort of, you know, offering up only positive love and light is an approach that kind of circumvents the roots of the issues at hand and can really re-traumatize somebody who is already reeling from a very traumatic experience. Because we're human. We're still human, regardless of whatever spiritual pathway we're on. We're, we are very human and, and imperfect in that yes. humanness. Right. You know, and this is not to diminish the power of our helping spirits. You know, shamanic healing has the capacity to shift one's life where someone has been spinning their wheels in traditional therapy for years or trying other medical pathways to address something. And in conjunction with shamanic healing, you can see really big hif- shifts and healing happen. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you know, I often encourage clients who are working through deep stuff to also employ the support of a good therapist because stuff comes up when you're doing this work, like things, old traumas that, you know, that haven't really been healed and being able to work through that and address it is empowering and healing and uncomfortable and messy process. And Having someone you trust that is, you know, licensed and trained to help you navigate that can be really, really helpful and really um, actually help you make real strides in, in addressing and healing that. I, I really actually love when I have a client says, I'm working really deeply with a therapist, but they're, we both agree there's something missing. And I'd like to work to see if a shamanic healing would help. And they, they've totally made strides with that, but they continue working with their therapist. So I think that's really responsible healing. I couldn't agree with you more. I, I think you actually see more happen when mm-hmm. you're working with clients who have a really good team of not only a medical doctor, if they're dealing with medical issues, but also, you know, therapists that they trust and, and value and also doing the shamanic. I mean, you're addressing it from so many different ways. From all these different angles. 
so well supported. And I, you know, that's it really allows you to get in there and do the deep work and the deep healing. And it's uncomfortable, but it's authentic healing. It's in an embodied way through working through your emotions and, you know, difficult thoughts to help you move to a new place of acceptance. When we spiritual bypass, it's preventing us from kind of acknowledging our thoughts and emotions and distancing us from ourselves and those around us. Yeah. So which can cause a lot of alienation and feelings of being disconnected within relationships. So then you kind of lose yourself even more because you don't have those grounding stones with yourself and those around you. Right. And you start rejecting your own your own inner dialogue because there's no place to feel safe to bring that up to somebody if people are constantly bypassing everything and going, oh, get over it or let it go or, or whatever. So to in order to avoid spiritual bypassing, it's important to recognize how it rears itself up in our daily lives with ourselves and others. Some examples include avoiding, escaping, denying, or repressing feelings of anger, grief, anguish, or other difficult emotions that, you know, these can all fester into what are called spiritual intrusions in shamanism if we repress everything. Exactly. Spiritual bypassing can also look like, you know, not being embodied and living in the spiritual realm most of the time, like you're just really, you know, kind of having your out-of-body experience. You're not really grounded in yourself. Mm -hmm. Overemphasizing the positive while avoiding the negative, you know, being overly idealistic about the situation or what you're dealing with. Being overly detached from the situations that would normally result in an emotional response, you know, or exhibiting shaming of your um, anger or grief, especially when this emotion is appropriate for the situation. You know, when our anger is a sign that something's wrong, a boundary has been crossed, something has come up and, you know, we need to acknowledge that because then we aren't, standing in our personal sovereignty, we aren't holding a boundary, you know, we're allowing it to be compromised. And and anger can be healthy. Yes, it is actually. I mean, there is such a thing called sacred rage. Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to send that at people, but you definitely want to express emotions and have a safe space to bring them up. I remember meeting somebody years ago saying, I don't have anger. And yet the next time I saw him have an interchange with somebody, it was very, very slight something. I could see all this anger pent up in him. And I was like, oh, that's really, really interesting. I mean, we all have anger. Things, we all get triggered. We all experience that range of emotion. You know, it's, it's, it's human. It's what we do. Yeah. So rising above, I mean, yes, there's something to be said about that, but you also have to really own all of your things coming up. And, exactly. and take care of that. Yeah. And you know, another thing that court, sort of I've noticed a bit is being encouraged to forgive before the deep work has even been completely processed. That's that's another huge spiritual bypass. Like contrary to popular spiritual beliefs, forgiveness isn't necessary to have to let go of an experience or a person that caused pain. In actuality, acceptance is the place of healing where you're sort of neutral and you can move on. You don't necessarily have to forgive. It's great if you do, but the state of healing occurs when you're not in conflict with, within yourself. Sometimes you can. Yeah, right. Sometimes it just, and there's no judgment about that. There's no judgment. I mean, forgiveness is a wonderful place to arrive at, and it can take time to arrive there. It's not always a conscious arrival, though. And it can ebb and flow into moments of grief or anger, and then moments of acceptance. And so declaring forgiveness without having taken the painstaking steps to move through that and metabolize the pain is actually not really authentic healing at all. You're saying you've gotten to a place of forgiveness, but you really haven't. Like there's still that anger or grief or whatever might still be underlying that space. And you haven't really allowed yourself to process it either because you haven't really 
reached into a state because if that emotion is still flaring up and causing, you know, being triggered, it, it's yeah. still there. It hasn't been reached and it's okay to feel those feelings and, and not reach it. It's also okay to say, I can't forgive you or I don't forgive you. And that's your truth. I mean, it's your truth. But that's where you are at the time. And it doesn't mean you won't get to a space of forgiveness or you won't get to a space of maybe not forgiveness, but where it doesn't hold you back or it isn't something you're hung up on. You've moved forward. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness can certainly be hugely healing Absolutely. if it's truly and authentically something that you've reached and, and worked to. And you're like, okay, I'm letting this, I'm releasing this and I'm letting it go. But you might reach that without necessarily having a full form of forgiveness. And you can also forgive without wanting anything to do with the person that caused you pain. Yes. So that's also a sovereignty thing we just talked about in another previous episode. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, forgiveness is a big thing. It's almost like you're not spiritual if you haven't been able to forgive somebody. And that, I think that's just a bunch of rubbish. You know, another thing too is demonizing the ego and declaring that it needs to be eliminated. Um, that's a bit of a spiritual bypass thing. I mean, Our ego is something to keep in check. We all have it. It's how we interface with each other. But we interface this reality with each other, with our ego. And so demonizing it isn't really going to help us because we're sort of repressing and we're kind of, we're actually sending intrusions to our own ego. (laughs) So it's all about being in balance. It's it's about ego is something we have. There is no not having ego. I, I don't truly think you can really not be living in a human body and not face the challenges of ego coming up. And, right, but it's about finding that space of balance where ego isn't overriding and driving the boat. You know, there should be just with anything that we're trying to do within this healing work, it's about finding a state of balance, balance with our shadow, balance with our light. Um, you know, it's, right. it's because when we're in balance, we can get where we need to go. It's when we're either overactive in one place or underactive in another place, or we're out of balance that we find disease and we have trouble and it all kinds of things pop up. Yeah. And I think it, our shadow has a lot of potential power. Once we can unearth the unconscious stuff in there, there's a lot of beautiful jewels uh, that are parts of us that um, have been shoved down into the dark that are really have potential of making or creating great change in a, in a beautiful way. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And there's also the phenomena of toxic positivity. I did want to touch on that. And it involves (laughs) dismissing challenging emotions and responding to distress with false reassurances rather than empathy. You know, we can see when someone pretends that everything's okay when it's clearly not. Um, And it stems from feeling uncomfortable with unprocessed emotions within the self. I mean, even when something comes up for somebody else, they're like, oh, I'm sure you'll be fine. And that person sort of, huh, like sort of left feeling I think unheard and unseen. Yeah. Like you just, that person isn't really holding space for what that person is experiencing. You took the words right out of my mouth, sister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, collectively, there are uncomfortable realities and injustices to acknowledge and address. And so if we avoid facing issues in our external reality, we invalidate the lived experience of others while shirking our own accountability and creating healthier systems that have, that support everyone. That's not healing, you know, when we can't support other people. And just, you know, see their truth. Because I think we sometimes forget that you're experiencing a situation, I'm experiencing a situation. Even if we're doing it together, our experiences yes. are very different and unique depending on our backgrounds and anything else that's playing into there. And, you know, our, our own truth to those experiences are ours. And nobody can tell us 
that it's not, you know, right. it's, it's when someone does, it's very devaluing when it is. someone's like, oh, you know, you'll get over it. You'll be, and they, I know it's well-meant. It, it's generally well-meant. It's just sometimes the person just needs you to sit and listen and not fix it. Yeah. I think we all want to try and fix things. So we say things that we think might be helpful and supportive when actually they, they're not because, you know, you can't say it's going to be okay. It doesn't, the person doesn't feel safe in the moment. They don't feel safe. They, they don't even know it's going to be okay in that moment. So saying yeah. that just feels like, oh, I don't feel safe to, ch- to share this. And, you know, I think that really what it comes from is just being uncomfortable with different emotions. And mm-hmm. I think it happens with everybody. So again, going back to what Bree said in the beginning of this episode, you know, we're not trying to judge or shame anybody. It just, we're trying to bring this particular phenomenon to the light. Yeah. Have a conversation around it. I think we, if we could all come to things with a sense of curiosity, like Mm -hmm. this makes me uncomfortable and maybe there's a reason to be curious. Why does it make me uncomfortable? Why might that not feel great for me? And it allows us to kind of just look at situations and and hear them and talk them out. We don't all have to agree. We don't all have to say that what we might be saying feels like the truth for someone else or not. It may not feel like a truth and that's okay because that's your experience and that is yours and it's valid and true. I think that's just important to to say because sometimes when people are going through a lot and it's more than they can process and that escape of bypassing it is they just aren't ready to deal with it yet, you yeah. know, and 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 to find that healing and that's that's okay. But if we can on our own personal journeys take a little time to really look underneath where we're at and exploring things might help us find a way to get to a better state of healing and a better state of being. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. You know, and there's also, I have found this in different spiritual communities. I know you have too, Brie. Um, there's sometimes an underlying unspoken message that might be, um, if you don't agree with this community belief, no matter how unaligned it is with your personal truth, you're sort of judged sort of either silently or perhaps otherwise as not being ascended or woke. And that's sort of really all the ultimate gaslighting. The concept is sort of still being built on patriarchal constructs of less than and better than this ascendant. Well, if you're feeling, if you're not able to forgive, then you are not as ascended as you should be or could be. And that's just a judgment. And, you know, it's no different from the same toxicity one might find in some organized religions. So rather than being aware of this, you know, many take these old paradigms, and apply them to something that was never meant to be to applied to in the beginning. And it's all, again, about making space for people to be where they're at in a process or in a, a pathway or a practice, because we're all showing up a little differently. And I think sometimes, whether it's a spiritual community or other communities, there's always this kind of like, people trying to find their place within it. And sometimes ego gets a little out mm-hmm. of balance. And it just, yeah. you know, there's different reasons that underline that. And it's just... about having an awareness too, if you're in a spiritual community, like making sure that it feels good and healthy Mm -hmm. for where you're at and and that you should feel safe to be able to speak your truth and be seen. And if you don't, then maybe you need to question a little bit about the community you're in and why you can't show up in your authentic self. Exactly. Because there are other places where you'll be seen and heard in a healthy way. And appreciated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how can we handle spiritual bypassing without doing more harm? So there are a couple of ways we can do that, right? So one way would be to Take some time to understand and reflect and consider whether you've been the recipient or perpetrator of spiritual bypassing. Mm. Maybe on a complete subconscious level, you know, you weren't even aware you were showing up in that way. Um, 
There's another way is to think about the impact you know, that can be hurtful and or shaming for others and causing further collective issues. So thinking about, you know, when someone is suffering or coming to you in a way, like, are you really holding space or are you just responding because you're uncomfortable and don't know how to respond? And sometimes just being able to say, I hear you and I see you mm. and I'm willing to just sit here and be with you without needing to fix it is the biggest gift you can give somebody. Yeah. I see you. I hear you. I still love you. I know your experience was this way and I'm sorry you had that experience, but it doesn't mean that you have to agree that you had the same experience. Right. It's, you don't need to be right, right? You're here to support somebody and their experience is their experience. Whether you agree with it or not, it, that's how it showed up for them. Mm -hmm. um, another way is that, you know, realize that these are problematic viewpoints are common in spiritual communities and even outside of spiritual communities. I think some of the stuff can show up. And, oh, yeah. You know, while doing our best to not come off as judgy or shaming or finger pointing, um, just be present and compassionate with the parts of you that may have bypassed and understand the intention behind it. Maybe you aren't ready to heal something. And that's mm -hmm. okay. You know, I mean, there's no shame or guilt in that. You, get to a place of healing when you're ready. That's right. Um, you can't force it. So, you know, when you can do that for yourself, you'll be more comfortable to, and able to have more compassion for other people's tendencies and experiences and be able to address them without shaming or exiling parts of them or their experience. And you'll also be able to heal others just by holding that space. Maybe just being able to show up and really see mm. someone in their truth and their light and, and holding space as they are without having to change them or fix them or any of it. Cause it's really our job to fix ourselves, right? Unless we are going to someone for specific healing where, you know, I think sometimes too, in, in spiritual communities where we want to heal each other because we are yes. showing up to be healers. We want right. to heal, we want to support. And sometimes we are doing a disservice for others within a community. If we're just jumping in to tell them what their experience is supposed to be or fix them, you know, they're, also there to show up and experience and grow. And they can't do that if you don't give them the space or the sacred container to do it. That's kind of assuming, you know, because maybe that person needs something else. They don't want to be fixed, you know? So, you know, I think the, the beautiful question could be, what do you need for me right now? Yeah. How can you know? I best hold space for you? How can yeah. I best support you? What is it that you need me? How do you need me to show up right now? Right. Because we have to sort of get over ourselves as healers and go, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it for you. Well, maybe you won't. You know, so what does that person actually need right now? What ask them, right? And maybe fixing it. And I'm doing my little finger <laughs> quotes. Marks, you know, <laughs> maybe fixing it is simply just holding space. That's for right them to experience it's it. So, so can, healing. Yeah, it, it, sometimes just being witnessed and really holding space is really allowing that person to have their experience in a safe way because they're vulnerable when you're in there. Yeah. Being an emotionally mature human requires you to look yourself and make friends with all those parts of you. And so when you start doing that, you start kind of softening to when you're, when you're interfacing with other people and they're bringing stuff up and you can actually identify and hold space for them. You're sort of in this space of allowing and that makes it sort of an easier way for them to make friends with those parts of themselves that are coming up and really vulnerable. So absolutely. So Tina, what does spirit have to say about spiritual bypassing? This feels like we've been like a really <laughs> heavy conversation. Yes. Here. <laughs> My helping spirit shared all embodied beings are of light and shadow. When the shadow is overlooked or not even acknowledged, the opportunity for authentic and organic growth is missed. The collective is 
already out of balance due to either the shadow or light not being fully acknowledged within. When the darkness is repressed, humans create their own spiritual intrusions, which create all kinds of issues. These humans have also not lived a life that has been fully embodied or experienced. Although painful at the time, the growth that occurs by walking on the coals is processed within the mind, body, and spirit, and is then encoded into the soul, which is then the catalyst for organic awakening and growth. Ooh, that's beautiful. What did your helping spirits have to share? So my helping spirit said, there are times when one isn't ready to deal with the wounds we carry, but burying one's head in the sand and not allowing yourself time to sit with the uncomfortable, to see the multifacetedness of your humanness and the culmination of your human experience is a folly. There is so much one can learn from the shadows. Light cannot exist without darkness. You are a being of both. When you can honor your truths, see the beauty in the dark and light aspects of yourself, then you are stronger and better able to move forward through life to your fullest potential. We all carry wounds, and some are more visible than others. Honoring and making space for your life experience allows for healing to take place in unexpected and miraculous ways. Lovely. I mean, the helping spirits are just so wise and concise with their languaging. I know. It blows I, me away. I always love it when we come back because I never remember. I don't. I'm still kind of in the journey when I'm typing this stuff up and I don't look at it again because I love coming back and like, we record oh, and then seeing through, it. Like, I don't even remember. <laughs> I know. I have no recollection of and, it, but yeah. Yeah. Beautiful messages. Um, by the way, for listeners out there, if you would like to read a book about spiritual bypassing and how to really be more grounded, there's a book by Jeff Brown, Grounded Spirituality. It's uh, pretty darn good. I recommend. And we will have a link to that book on our resources pages on our website. And also on our website, our journey prompt is please show me ways in which I can be more present with the uncomfortable events in my life and the thoughts and emotions surrounding these events that are the catalyst for my inner growth. You can also drop us a line at shamasafterdark.com and you can find Tina at Three Crows Healing with the numeral three. And you can also find me at treehearthealing.com. And there are links to our personal pages on the website as well. Until next time, everyone, keep on shining your light. <laughs>